So here we are, new episode of the What the Fundus podcast. It's me, uh, Dr. Michael Marino, and I'm here with Dr. Sarah Toomey. We are going to talk about the hypercharged argument of blue light blocking. Mm-hmm. And so the the article that that uh, we found was the blue light hazard versus the versus blue light hype. It's basically a review paper. Um, uh, I don't even know. Oh, okay, the American Journal of Ophthalmology. Mm-hmm. And to be pub, it was published uh, in February uh, of this year. So it is a brand new. And man, oh man, do these authors hate blue light blocking. No kidding. Uh, They're haters. You should be called blue light haters. So the, the interesting <laughs> thing and the, the, the what we will preface this with is that it was that they mention blue light spectacles, but they really reserve their vitriol towards blue light blocking IOLs. Yes. Which are more permanent, which I totally get. Yes. Um, so what is your, Sarah, what is your kind of take on, like when you talk, like patient asks you, so I ordered these blue block glasses off of Amazon or do they do anything? What do you say? Yeah. I'm like, great. Good job. <laughs> Just because they're being proactive about eye health. So I'm like, cheerleader in general for that. But generally speaking, where I land with blue light is I talk about what is scientifically acceptable and what is a little bit murky. So I'll tell the patients, there's a lot of information that says that, um, you know, high energy blue light that's emitted from our devices can cause um, our circadian rhythms to be disruptive. Um, And that's why they have a lot of features on our smartphones and our devices that are like called night shift. If you ever, and then I say like, if you ever notice your phone looks yellow at night, that's why. Um, And so I talk a little bit about that and how I think that that is real hard science. But then I also say that there's a lot of um, science that's a little bit murkier. People will talk about how they feel less fatigued when they wear blue light blocking glasses. And I'll say that's really hard to quantify. I know I started wearing blue light blocking glasses and I feel more comfortable. Um, And then I talked to them about um, the research with AMD and how There have been studies that say that high energy blue light might be linked to macular degeneration. And then I say, I really don't buy that research. I don't think that it's, it's valid because I think that the older that people are, people are growing older. And so it's more likely to be a little bit more correlative than causative. So that's kind of where I land on blue light. And so I, I pretty much recommend it to all my patients though. Yeah, what about I, you? I, I probably fall a little bit more towards the targeted for a certain co- time of day blue light blocking use because I, with my previous glasses that I got, <clears throat> and I'm obviously presbyopic, so I wear my glasses in a very different way than than you do. Um, mm-hmm. I got basically got usually it transitions in my glasses just so I can have mild sunglasses when I'm outside and walking around with my glasses on. And I got the, the blue block coat, like AAR coating as well. 
I physically cannot see with those glasses unless it's bright. Mm, really? <laughs> like if I'm in a room that's mid light, mid lit, I guess what they call mm-hmm. mis optic. Um, yes. I, I physically think everything is blurry and I turn the lights on and everything mm. is clear. Um, mm. And that's one of the things, interestingly, that they bring up in this article is that, you know, we rely so much on blue light to see in the dark and see in dim light that if you block it, you are making someone's vision worse. Um, So, so I tend to, when I, I I don't like necessarily putting blue light glasses and glass blue light technology, blocking technology in glasses that are worn continuously, Uh, you know, unless someone is looking at a screen 14 to 16 hours a day, which we run across people that are like that. I also tend to think that the term high energy blue light is a little Mm -hmm. thrown around a little too much because (laughs) the, Uh um, you know, the, it's it's like, it's in a high energy spectrum, but the blue light coming out of a computer monitor is not high energy. You know, it's, it's, it's like the, the, the light that's used in these studies is ridiculously bright like you know, it's, you know it's, it's like the arc arc welding lamp kind of right, you know, right. kind of brightness so you know the the argument i've heard is it's like well it's it's little bits over a long period of time and and i kind of think I'm like then how come we haven't seen just a rampant rise of skin cancer on the face oh that's so true like yeah what, no you know, absolutely i mean we i've been using a computer you know I've been using some form of a CRT computer for probably 35 years, you mm-hmm. know, in some way, in some fashion or form. Obviously, it's a mm-hmm. lot more now that I have phones and you know all those kind of things. Sure. are brighter. Um, uh, and when I started using them, they were monochrome. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. But my point is, it's you know, you'd, you'd think that people would just have sun-like damage all over their face and their neck if if they were if <laughs> yeah. This was, truly an oxidative type of event. Yes. Right. So, and, and there's even some, some thought that diminishing that blue light is really not helping someone who's just still staring at a computer all day in regards to their circadian rhythms. Mm -hmm. They're not changing it. It's still the same going all the way Mm -hmm. across. I see. Circadian rhythms are more tied to the fluctuation in light Mm -hmm. throughout the Mm -hmm. day rather than just dimming. Right. Light. So I I tend to, like you, I say, do you find yourself really light sensitive when you're looking at the computer for long periods of time? Right. And if people say, yeah, I'm squinty, I'm turning the lights down in my office and stuff like that. And then I'm like, blue light blocking all day long because, you know, blue light is very irritating to the eyes and and all that kind of thing. So, so I'm more targeted about that. So I don't, personally recommend it to everyone. Yeah. Um, but I don't think people are wrong to, because I think it's, it, it's still, you know, glasses, you can take them off. Right. And it's funny you say that, I guess I don't recommend it to everybody, but I, I like that. It just so happens that most of my patients are in front of computer screen yeah. all day or people that are in like, um, that work in like a hospital environment with lots of fluorescent lights, or I guess I recommend it to patients who complain of like recurrent migraines Mm -hmm. or headaches, or have like a history of TBIs, mostly because I've just had success and they're like, oh yeah, I love them. I feel better with them, Mm -hmm. but I don't, I guess I, 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 this, this article has kind of 
made me question all of the the like incessant amount of marketing that's given to us as doctors to recommend this to patients. Yeah, I mean, it's I I, I go through articles that um, this one I just have as a PDF, so I had to physically highlight it on my mm-hmm. iPad. You know, mm-hmm. using my, my app, so I can't save it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's almost all yellow, just just because of <laughs> of everything that they say in it. Because what what it seems is is that in when they did these phototoxicity experiments using mm-hmm. RPE cell cultures, they find that cell cultures act very differently than the RPE actually in the eye. Mm-hmm. So, um, like in vivo, yes, it says it, sure. it requires high retinal irradiances that overwhelm RPE monolayer repair mechanisms acutely, especially when cells have been incubated with a photosensitizer. So it's like they made these special RPE cells that were kind of made to absorb this significant amount of light. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, so it says some investigators have used a blue blocking filter to reduce experimental blue light irradiance in phototoxicity experiments, predictably decreasing cell culture damage. The experiments are then support the efficacy or protection of blue blocking IOLs. Um, so it sounds like that a lot of those early studies were somewhat gamed. Sure. <laughs> that. Um, they go on to say there are well-supported biologically defensible actions for patients to slow AMD production progression, including smoking cessation and dietary modification. And so it just says that people made a giant leap from, you know, we did this in a lab to you need to do this for every patient. Right. Know, kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I, I get what you're saying too about, you know, and you obviously have a lot of patients that are in specific scenarios that, you know, really need just, you know, it's like those patients, like back in the day, we would just put a little bit of tint in their glasses, right. <laughs> you know, just right. they're light sensitive people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like, instead of recommending like a gray tint or something like that yeah, um, to like post TBIs, I'm like, man, yeah, just try this. Yeah. It's, you know, and they've had, um, have you ever used the biocolors therapeutic contact lenses before? Mm-mm. They have a prosthetic style contact lenses for people with disfigured uh, irises and corneas and, you know, sure. like that. but they have uh, their therapeutic one has all different tints of like magenta and all this, you know, kind of thing that's used for people with migraines. Right. Um, and, and I've used it on a number of people, not a lot, probably four or five, you know, over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and with, with really good success. So I think if you use these technologies, um, you, you, well, it just goes to the whole thing of like what we do with glasses is you prescribe them, you know, it's, yeah, it's, you know, bu- buying blue blockers on Amazon is the equivalent of, you know, someone taking, you know, ginkgo biloba for their, you know, depression. Right. You know? So, right. So it's like, and, well, I'll and, just throw something at it and see what happens. And truthfully, like, let's say it's psychosomatic, you know, this article, in fact, I think is so so against like blue light blocking IOLs and I'm cool with that. It really, I don't think touches very much on 
blue light blocking lenses, like the only thing that I could find that I thought was sort of relevant was this quote that says, light exposures from artificial devices such as computer monitors and cell phones can disrupt circadian rhythms, but there's no evidence they can cause retinal damage or AMD, which is essentially exactly what I tell my patients. But like, let's say it's all psychosomatic to begin with. It doesn't mean that it's not helping patients, right? So, I mean, if somebody buys a pair of blue light blocking glasses off Amazon and they think that it makes their vision more comfortable, if they feel more comfortable, then God bless them. Like, yeah. And I, and I think it probably you have to kind of pay attention to, because one of the things this brings up and one of the things I can't remember which episode, but I know we talked, I think we talked about it. Um, or I could have written about it on the site uh, where it talks about the, the red and the blue. Mm-hmm intrinsically photosensitive uh-huh. renal ganglion cells, the IPRGCs. Mm-hmm. And I had to read that like 50 times before I finally just remembered what they, what that is. So yep. very proud. I remembered it. Yep. Look at my notes <laughs> over here. So yep. um, that, that it's, if that they, there's hypotheses out there that those blue IPRGCs are very important for things like depression, Alzheimer's, right. you know, and that. And so you have to kind of potentially pay attention to say, you know, if you wear these glasses, well, imagine if you're wearing them in a situation where there's a lot of blue light, you're kind of just getting it more into the normal, mm-hmm. you know, the normal range right. of things. Whereas as someone who wears it all the time, you probably have to start asking, you know, how are you sleeping? Are you feeling okay? You know, not asking them flat out if they're depressed, you know, or anything, right. or maybe use it a little more diligently in people that are older. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're kind of looking at, someone who's 60 plus, mm-hmm. you know, maybe not recommending it because they might actually have more potential problems later on down the road by recommending it than not. That's true. I mean, and the article kind of touches on like the natural lens is intrinsically becomes more blue light blocking the older you get. Yeah. So I mean, so you, you have mean, like the double whammy of we lose those blue retinal ganglion cells as we age, just period. Right, right. And then, and they don't come back. You know, obviously mm-hmm. you lose blue light perception via the lens, just as we right. age. Now you have cataract surgery and that improves it significantly. So okay. it's like, you want as much blue light to get back there as possible when you're older mm-hmm. so that you can maintain all of your normal, uh, functioning circadian rhythm. And that's so interesting too. I mean, you hear about people that have like really disrupted sleep schedules, the older that they get. And I mean, that could be a function of that. of Mm -hmm. just like cataracts. I mean, yeah. And that's what, I mean, that's all part of like what they say with the severe glaucoma patients who, Mm -hmm. um, who just don't, you know, who develop Alzheimer's and and everything like that. that Reduced cognitive function related to the accelerated damage of those blue cells. So if they already have damage to those blue cells and you're limiting it now, granted, if you're doing it in glasses, the worst that happens is they return the glasses and they're not working. (laughs) Whereas this article specifically is pointing out, I guess there are yellow tinted IOLs. Yeah. Which I have not heard of before, quite frankly, I think I might have seen a handful but I, I don't know any around, at least me, that, you know, of, of docs that are doing it. I mean, you can obviously, yeah. if, have you ever seen one? No. It's a obvious. Yellow I mean, they're, well. they're yellow. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can, mm-hmm. you can see it on the slit lamp. They're yellow, you know? So, Weird. so, cause it even says that, you know, in one of the studies, I can't find my, 
my notes on it, but it says that, you know, it doesn't even reduce stray light, which I guess is the new term for glare after cataract surgery uh, is called stray light. Uh, sure. And so it said it doesn't even do that, you know, in it. So yeah. it, just, it just helps this very niche people who are staring at computers and screens for long, long, long periods of time all day. So do you ever, um, have you ever heard of a, of a, uh, computer program called flux? No. So it is a free. Wait, yeah, yes, it's, it's I have. And it changes your computer. Yeah, if, if you've ever sent, if you've yeah, ever sent Dr. Miller, uh, a VT patient, she mm-hmm. like puts it at the bottom of almost every one of her VT oh, cool. kind of things. And I've actually used it on computers for many years. Yeah. I do um, remember I used to have that extension yeah. enabled now that you've mentioned it. Yeah. It works on windows and Mac. It's, mm-hmm. you know, they even had it for phones for a little while, but it really sucks down battery life. So they, they discontinued it. Um, yeah. but it really, really works and it just geolocates you and it changes your white balance on your computer throughout your day. Yes. So it doesn't completely blue block, but if you use your computer well into the evening, it makes the computer look orange. Right. <laughs> you know, it's it's almost like when you turn it off, it ha- well it happens so slowly you don't really recognize it. Yeah. And then you turn it on, you're like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. I recommend I recommend that for people all the time, especially if they're using de- desktops or laptops. It obviously doesn't help yeah. for iPads and stuff like that. But yeah. You know, oh, I, but then the night shift function works too. That's yeah, on everybody's it's, it's phone. It's not as targeted. It's either on yeah. or off. Yeah, with that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh no, I think night shift works. Um, I think it it changes during the time of the day. It does, but it's it doesn't it doesn't have like it doesn't get more night shift as the night goes on. It just kind of turns to a certain point and then that's it. Oh, I think there is a way to make it more um, variable. Really? Yeah, I'll have to look at that. I usually just dim it to as far as I can go. Yeah, it's called true. No, that's true tone. The true tone. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it does. It doesn't alter it. Um, I made that up, so I take that back. <laughs> but you know, and I I do think that probably after this, after reading this article, I'll I I may even be a little bit less um, positive, I guess, in my recommendation of blue light blocking glasses, but I think that it's important to start that conversation with patients about like limiting their use of devices, like the closer you get to bedtime and all that stuff like that. I mean, I, th- I think that's a reasonable conversation to, to get and into it's, with this. And having kids, I can tell you it's impossible. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a, you know, it's usually a, when I'll say that, you know, the parents will go see, you know, yep. and, as mm-hmm. I'm the, and as I leave the room, I go, well, my kids don't listen to me either. So I don't, have <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like, well, good I, luck. I, so that's, that's where I think the blue blocking, you know, works, you know, really well is if you target it and use it during those times, it's like, look, if you have to, you know, people are like, look, I'm, I work all the time and I, my work is on the computer. I can't not. You know, right, um, right. kids are like, well, all of our school is on Chromebooks. We can't, I can't, I can't not study using my Chromebook. I'm not going to print everything out and have them, you know, read it or right. whatever. Um, right. You know, and it's like, well, then using a, you know, a good, you know, strong blue block in the glasses at, when you have to study after sunset. And I think if you just do it for after sunset, I think that is, um, you know, that's really important. 
Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, so that's probably where I'll land. Maybe a little I'm bit gonna, less if intense. I'm gonna prescribe them glasses, and it's it's probably easier to say, well, you're symptomatic and you don't have any prescription at all. Right. So therefore, the blue blocking, you know, taking a little bit of the edge off with a little bit of plus, and then using the blue blocking, you know, style of lenses can really help. Whereas yeah. if someone, it, it, it's it's harder to determine whether eye strain is related to blue light if they are, you know, plus one. <laughs> Exactly. You know, maybe have a yeah, it's like, well, reduced, it's probably just the plus one. Yeah, right. Slightly reduced right. amplitude of accommodation, maybe, or something right. like that. Yeah. You know, so um yeah, it's hard. And, and a lot of it is is we just don't have, you know, a lot of the stuff is just based on these cell culture studies that have just gone, you know, yeah, gone, they've been way misinterpreted. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, and now I'm like, I don't want to be a blue light fright sheeple. <laughs> I don't want to be <laughs> pushing this on patients when it's really not necessary. So I think I probably will change my practice pattern to be like a little bit more choosy about whom I'm recommending blue light therapy to. Well, I think it's just like anything else. It's just like right. anyone who, you know, just prescribes restasis or whatever, you know, dry medication to anyone um, without, you know, looking at the lids. Right. Yeah. Well, yep. you know, just you know, just someone who just does, um, you know, who treats high pressure without doing OCT. You know. Right. I mean, I don't know anybody yeah. does that anymore, but you know, just thinking like, okay, <laughs> your gonna, due diligence. Yeah. yeah you you got you yeah. got to really look. At, you know, ask the patients questions. Um, yeah. You know, and we talk about this with our doctors all the time. It's you know what they call mm-hmm. them. Yeah. You know. You know you, when you're doing a refraction, you're more than just, you know, the re- things you recommend, you're not just selling stuff, right? You know, you, you're right. trying to help them solve a problem. And if yes. the main problem is, is that they have uncorrected refractive error and that's it, boom, that's it. Yep. But if they don't have a lot of unrefractive, uncorrected refractive error, and they're still very symptomatic or they're wildly more asymptomatic than otherwise it would seem, you know, mm-hmm. like they're plus a quarter and or plus 50 and they're 15 years old and they get migraines from looking at yeah. the computer all the time, then yeah, you, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's absolutely, you need to limit that amount of blue light there, but the research, the, the data just isn't there. Yeah. You know, you, there, there's yeah. a lot. I of think that's important to remember. And, and yeah. The, but I, I would not, you know, am I still going to recommend sunglasses for people when they go outside? Absolutely. Of course. You yeah. Know? But I don't know if, and I don't think this paper necessarily changed the way I think about things. It mm-hmm. at least somewhat solidified my um, my thought of the fishiness of some of those claims. Yeah. <laughs> and with yep. things of just like, it seems like, where did that research kind of come from? Like all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, with, <laughs> You know, that all just yeah, came yeah. out, you know, when, when just happened that <laughs> all these technologies improved, you yeah. know, so, right. um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I would say it just to remember to maintain a level of skepticism when you, when you see all this hype yes. about blue light and something just so yeah. you can answer honestly to patients when they ask you, so is there anything right. to this? You can go, well, kind of, maybe. I know. It's such a long conversation, too. You're like, well. <laughs> like, can I just talk it's, about it's a lot of like, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Won't that work? Just throw some artificial tears at them. They'll be fine. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Yeah. So, but, but if anyone out there who likes to read journal articles, 
really wants to see a lot of hate thrown around in a journal. Oh my gosh, so much. Pick up the February issue of uh, <laughs> the American Journal of Ophthalmology and you will see complete fire thrown down. Oh my God, yes, hellfire. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was just like, whoa, guys, chill. It's okay. <laughs> These people at the University of Kansas Department of Ophthalmology are just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Livid. Exactly. Livid about just blue light. <laughs> don't, if you run into any of these people at a party or at a, you know, you're, let's yeah. say you're, you know, you're at the, um, you know, the, the Kansas, um, you, you're going to a Kansas uh, Optometric Society meeting where one of these people is lecturing. Just don't even ask them about blue light blocking Mm-mm. stuff. They no, will. You won't hear the end of it. Air <laughs> into you. Yeah, that's the that's that. So that's why I'm. I've, they've they convinced me. They got me. I'm like turning the other way now. <laughs> yeah, I want to see. I so I I really need to pay attention to, like, I need to pay attention to Journal of Ophthalmology. And maybe some I have to actually subscribe to it because all their stuff you have to pay for. Oh. Um, just to see the rebuttal. Because you know there's know. probably going to be a rebuttal review article sometime in the next six months. So well, we'll have to check for that. So. I think I, I can sneak a, a subscription or a access <laughs> through to, one of the many at the abstracts. I just need to keep looking at yeah, the abstracts exactly. every month and then then you know pick and choose. Look around yeah. for it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, so to be determined. <laughs> All right. Anything else to add? I don't think so. I think this is uh, just adds really, unfortunately, nothing to our knowledge on uh, blue light. It just kind of proves that we didn't really know much about it anyway, and we still don't. Excellent. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Great way to wrap up the day. (laughs) But also, you know, for the listener, don't worry, you're not alone. I mean, it's this is it's not that, you know, you just don't know a lot about it. It's no one really knows a lot about it. And, you know, what, what I often will tell patients, too, I said, we unfortunately probably aren't going to know a lot of this stuff for another 20 to 30 years, you know, um, you know, so we just don't have the data yet to, to make sure that this is a real thing as of right now. So yeah. Jury's out. We shall see. Okay. All right. Well, everybody enjoy your weeks. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone.